What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Wednesday, January 22nd, 2020. And I am doing uh, this podcast, episode 433, for the second time. That's right. I had about 40 minutes of this recorded yesterday. I was uh, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed in the morning, ready to go. And I had a nice early Tuesday morning podcast ready for you guys. And when it got to about 40 minutes, um, it started, I don't know, whatever, acting weird, doing like fast-forwarding by itself, doing all kinds of shit. And um, the recording was a mess after 30, so it was like skipping and doing weird stuff. So I had to shut the computer down. I had to... I had to erase a bunch of stuff, and I said, you know what? I'm not doing that. I'm not editing it out. The people deserve better. So what I decided to do was I just deleted that, and I said, clean slate, fresh start, so here we are. You guys are listening to, uh, like I said, 433. I feel good, though. Right now, I am uh, I'm doing well. I have a little coffee. I'm ready to go. Got some stuff to talk about. Got a documentary to talk about. Got a movie to talk about. Some sports stuff. Unacceptable. Uh, <clears throat> big announcement, which I'm excited about. So, uh, yeah. Sit back and relax. Um, as I sit here on this beautiful but cold Wednesday afternoon. While I'm in pain. That's right, guys. I am hurting. Because I... Still go and play basketball in a, I wouldn't call it a men's league, but a lot of the men in my neighborhood, fathers of kids that everybody knows play sports, we all get together. When I'm not working, I can make it, but it's like 8.30 to 10 o'clock, a good basketball run. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I've been shooting great, shooting the lights out, long distance threes. Um, having a lot of fun playing and competing and my calf is, um, burning and I think torn and every time I play after 35 minutes I'm limping and it hurts. My lower back is stiff and tight and, uh, my wife just shakes her head at me saying, why do I keep doing this to myself? So, uh, yeah, a little pain. We'll figure it out. Probably a couple of tears that I keep re-aggravating because I'm an idiot, but what are you going to do? You know, I, um... I'm trying to keep my youth, even though I'm doing the opposite. As I do this, I'm actually getting older because my uh, pelvis hurts. I have uh, muscle spasms in my lower back. I'm having a hard time bending down. And the top of my left calf burns, and I can't walk up the stairs properly. And uh, I'm a young man who's walking around like I'm 76 years old the day after I play. Other than that, everybody, other than that, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Um... All right, big announcement at the top of the show. I am super, super excited about this, guys. So um, I mentioned it before, but tickets are now on sale. I will be headlining the Wilbur Theater in Boston June 27th. Okay, tickets are on sale right now, pre-sale tickets, and I'm going to give you guys on the podcast the code right now. So... If you want to buy tickets, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Want to sell this place out. I know there's a lot of time. I know June is way off. But um, this is an amazing historic theater. 
my first theater show um, that I'm headlining, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. So, here it is right now. If you go to the Wilbur uh, Theater's website, they just announced today um, all of these new shows, and if you enter code, pre-sales are at noon. Okay, so pre-sales are basically in an hour or in 20 minutes. If you go and you enter code WT22, okay, that's capital W, capital T, 22, and um, so basically uh, Wilbur Theater 22, Wilbur Theater initials WT22, and you could go get those pre-sale tickets to my headlining show at the Wilbur Theater, uh, which I'm really excited about. So get those tickets, come out. I've always had a great time in New England, whether it was, you know, Connecticut or just anytime I'm out there, Rhode Island, Boston. Um, I had the honor of opening for Bilber at the TD Garden. I've been at the Wilbur many times before. I've headlined myself at uh, Laugh Boston and I always have a great time. So I am so thrilled, looking forward to this. As you guys know, I've talked about it. Boston saved my mother's life. Dana Farber Institute. Uh, shout out to uh, Dr. Dimitri, who uh, gave my mother a test drug when she was in stage four and on her way out and saved her life. And here we are 20 years later. So there you have it. Uh, I love the city. My brother went to Boston University. I used to love visiting him and to be headlining this historic, amazing theater in downtown Boston is uh, is a dream come true. Get your tickets. The new hour will be ready, uh, and uh, it's just going to be a great time. So there you go. WT22, go get those tickets today. We're going to sell this puppy out. Another announcement, which I already made, but I want to uh, reiterate, is February uh, 4th. I will be at the stand doing the live TVE podcast with very special guest Dom Lombardozzi from The Irishman, from Entourage, from The Wire, from Power, all sorts of TV and movie. Uh, in a, a Bronx tale when he was 15 years old, he was the gun salesman. You guys know Dom. He's an amazing actor. He's a great dude. So come out. We're going to have a great discussion about all that stuff at the stand. Um, so go to the stand's website. Go get tickets February 4th. 7.30, um, I will be doing the live, the, the next live TVE, and it's going to be a great time. Okay, everybody, here we go. So, I want to get into these uh, unacceptables, okay, my unacceptable. I was in Fairfield over the weekend, and I want to thank everybody uh, for such an amazing weekend that I had at Fairfield. Okay, as you guys know, there was a snowstorm. <coughs> Excuse me. There was a snowstorm uh, Saturday night. And we're like, you know, we getting three inches, we getting six. And you know how people prepare for the end of the world. I don't know what's going to happen. But on this night, I had a show at 940 in the city and a show at another club at 1130. <coughs> now it is, excuse me, <coughs> damn it. Now, it is um, starting to uh, snow probably around like 2 or 3 o'clock all the way until like my first show around 9-something. 
and people are like, dude, it's getting bad and it starts to be like a blizzard and I'm supposed to be down there. Now, my buddy and I, Joe DeRosa, were just texting because he had done a show in Westchester the night before. And I just texted, hey man, how was the show in Westchester? Then I said, listen, I know you're in Connecticut tonight. It's not far from my house. If anything happens with the weather, you need a place to stay. You know you're more than welcome. Joe then calls me up and goes, Verzi, I'm in the car with Justin Silver. We're doing Fairfield. The roads are bad. Listen, if we get stuck, can we stay at your place? I don't mean to put you on the spot. And I'm like, of course, dude. If you guys get stuck in the snow, you come to my house. I mean, if, if it's bad and you can't get down there or whatever, or you get stuck, you just call me. You could obviously stay at my house. So uh, he's like, we may take you up on that, dude, but I don't know. We might even have to turn around. The roads are really, really bad. And at this point, shit's getting bad. There's reports of accidents all over the place. I look out my window and I'm going, yeah, how are you going to get to New York City right now? I'm just like looking out there going like, this is crazy. Yeah, and and you could see that there were um, just a, a ton of just like salt trucks, plows. Like it was just like where you look at the street, you're like, wow, it's covered already. So DeRosa then calls me up and goes, Verzi, we're turning around, dude. We're going home. We're not even going out to Connecticut. It's that bad. And um, listen, you shouldn't go to the city, he says. He says, if you want, Justin and I can take your spots because we're going back to the city. We'll be by the club. He's like, if you don't, you know, don't come out. And I'm like, yeah, you know, but I was like, I got the truck. It's four-wheel drive. He's like, yeah, but it's not about you driving. It's about other cars sliding into you. It's really bad. So I'm like, you might be right. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it, but give me an hour to really figure this out. So we get off the phone and I realize, wait a minute, his gig in Connecticut is not far from me. And I could take some back roads because I'm near the border of Connecticut and I could be there. So maybe I take his Connecticut spot and he takes my city spot. So anyway, I hit him up. I go, hey, dude, I'm going to try to cover for you. He goes, well, you better call the booker because they're scrambling looking for somebody. I said, you two take my spots down there. I'll take your spots up here. It worked out. I go to Fairfield, had to drive carefully. The roads were not great. And I got to be honest, I'm thinking to myself like, well, I'm just thinking like, be careful. You know, there's like, it's, it's bad out, but it's not that far. I'm taking back roads, but I'm like, just get there you know, are there people going to be there? Like, that's what I'm thinking too. I'm like, are there, is there going to be a crowd? Because when I hit, I said, listen, I'll cover for DeRosa. He's going to cover for me. And the same club that runs the New York City clubs also run this room in, in Connecticut. So they were like, yep, we got great reservations. And I realized that it's a small town in Connecticut and they pretty much, you know, the, the bad weather probably helps the show. So I show up there for the seven o'clock show and it's packed and I have an amazing show New jokes, new material, you know, this Connecticut, even though it's a BY, it's a BYOB uh, in a hotel, which, when let's be honest, when you normally hear BYOB in a hotel, you're thinking this is going to be an absolute shit show. There's going to be some chick crying, there's going to be some drunk dude with a fucking 24 ounce bush beer can in a brown paper bag with a tattoo on his neck and construction boots, like it's going to be an absolute shit show. Um, and it's not, it's a rich Connecticut town. So their BYOB is fucking Chianti. Like I said before, and you know, surprised somebody wasn't in the front row eating fucking sushi. I mean, these people are classy. They had their shit together. It was packed. I'm not going to lie. It was super white in there. It looked like a fucking Vermont cabin 
at some kind of like millionaire convention. I mean, they had like boots with fur coming out of the top. They had fucking, you know, vests. I mean, let's be honest. It was just a bunch of super overly... <laughs> I mean, listen, I didn't. if you didn't think white privilege existed, go to this fucking place. But anyway, it was packed out. And um, it was great, man. The people were great. The crowds were, were great. The second show was um, was uh, not as packed as the first, but still great. There were some people that enjoyed the first show so much they stayed for the second, and it was a great time. So if you were at the show and um, you stayed and you hung out with all the bad weather, I appreciate it. Um, one guy was such a dick. But it was such a he was such an entitled dick that I kind of just laughed. He came up to me after the show and he just goes, "Hey man, great job tonight. I don't even like comedy. I don't even like this comedy stuff. I think it's it's not for me. I think it's stupid. But that was great, great job." And I just kind of smirked like, "Thank you, dick. Like, what do, what do you say to that? Like, yeah, I'm not really into this shit. I'm not really into this fun shit that everybody's into. I'm not really into humor." Um, I don't like to laugh because, you know, and it was almost like he said it and even his girl or wife looked at him like, can you just stop talking? Why would you say that? He was just such a dick, but, uh, I'll take it. Cause if you could make an asshole like that, say that, then I guess, you know, I guess it was a good show, but he, he was an asshole. Um, so now it's Saturday night. I want to get, I was, if I didn't perform, if the weather did prohibit me from performing, I was going to just watch the McGregor fight, but now it's early enough where I can get home and still watch it, and my neighbor Jeff had the fight, so I get there, and here's where my unacceptable comes in, everybody, okay, my unacceptable comes in with the McGregor fight Saturday night, now I know the UFC has their shit together a little more than boxing, for the reasons that we've discussed, uh, more main events every other month is a big fight. They make the best guy have to fight the next guy in line that's ready for that fight. Um, you know, it, it it takes away the element of a fixed, or at least, or at least it doesn't seem that way because it's it's just a little more. It's it's just a run better uh, than than boxing. But I got to tell you something. And my neighbor Jeff made a really good point. He goes, McGregor's never taken this fight if he doesn't know that he's going to win. They told him clearly, you got to behave yourself, which if you watched McGregor, he totally did. You got to, you know, don't be the villain. Don't do stupid stuff. You know, kind of be a little more respectful, which he totally was. But if you want to really come back and get your shit together. So they gave him a fight with a guy that's beloved, people like, that has somewhat of a chance, but they knew really not much. He's just too clean of a striker. He's too good of a fighter, especially on his feet. And um, and they knew that they, he was going to win. But to charge $84 when the ESPN Plus app is already 80 to just get, it's bullshit. And it's unacceptable. <clears throat> okay? Now, I know what you're saying, Paul. No, really unacceptable is Derek Jeter not getting a unanimous decision. You're always going to have that. And that's true. We could talk about that after. Okay, if you guys don't know, Derek Jeter made the Hall of Fame yesterday by uh, 99.7%. Only one voter voted against him to make it not unanimous, which is such a bullshit. I don't like to use the word, but cunty, shitty, bullshit thing to do. 
Okay, Derek Jeter is an absolute unanimous decision Hall of Famer. So this is another unacceptable. Okay, the guy is a five-time Super Bowl, I mean, a World Series champion, Rookie of the Year, fourteen-time All-Star, uh, all, you know, All-Star MVP. Like, I mean, what a guy? No steroids ever. Never had power numbers. Never made an error in a big spot. Clutch, clutch hits in World Series and play. I mean, Derek Jeter is, what, 3,000 hits? His 3,000 hit was a homer. I mean, Derek Jeter, if Derek Jeter is not a Hall of Famer, <clears throat> then nobody is, okay? But Tony Gwynn only got 97%. I mean, all of these, only one baseball player in history, Mariano Rivera, gets unanimous and Derek Jeter doesn't. Whatever, okay? There's going to be a hater. There's going to be something, you know, whatever, okay? That's unacceptable. But that's been through history. This unacceptable is $84 for a McGregor fight that lasts four, 40 seconds? Now, I know what you're saying. Well, Paul, you know, the Tyson fight, that was that's happened too and all that stuff. And this is, yeah, but those fights were like $50 or $60 on pay-per-view one-time fee. Okay, one-time fee. Now what ESPN Plus wants you to do is they want you to buy it for 80 And I'm thinking, oh, great, I'm going to buy this for 80 and I'm going to get crazy discounts. No. If it was buy it for 80 and then it's 25 bucks a fight, great. I'm saving money in the long run. It's not that. It's, oh, it's going to cost you 80 for the app. Oh, and guess what else? Then it's going to be 84 because it's a McGregor fight. But if it was another fight, it would be $59.99 or $60. It's bullshit. They're raping you. They're, they're fucking killing you with this shit. And the fight's not even good. Or how about this, ESPN Plus? How about since I'm spending $80 for this fucking bullshit app? Okay, how about that? How about if the fight doesn't go one round, I get something. How about that? Make it fair. You know, I love how they're they're in conjunction with the UFC and they're just hitting people over the head. $85? The McGregor uh the McGregor Mayweather fight was $100 and people were outraged. So I'm supposed to spend 80 for the app and then another 84? And listen, I didn't even pay for it. I didn't even pay for it. I went to somebody's house. I'm just saying, like that's bullshit. That's shitty. That's shitty. Especially when you know he was going to win the fight. Okay, everyone's like, oh, no, it could be wrong. This, this Cowboy Cerrone's got a chance. Really? Then why did Vegas have it minus 330, okay, for McGregor? You guys know what that means? For you people that don't gamble, Vegas had the fight. The favorite was McGregor minus 330, which means you have to put up $330 to win 100, okay? They know what the fuck they're doing. So that's unacceptable to me. Making fans, especially a guy that hasn't fought in a long time, come back, okay? You know, make it fun for people. Make people want to buy the app. Make the app be $80 and then every fight is like 50 or 40 or do something like that. These people are spending money and you're just going to, you, you overcharge them. So that's my unacceptable. Shame on ESPN Plus and shame on the UFC for doing that to people. It's fucking bullshit. And it's not about the money, guys. You guys know that. If you listen to my podcast, you know it's never about that, okay? It's never about that. Because if I want to watch something that's $300 and I know I'm getting hit over the head, I'll still spend $300 for it. But the way that that shit went down and the way that you knew he was going to win, and when I saw the Vegas odds, and then I saw what people are charging for the app and what people are charging for the fight, it was bullshit. That's my unacceptable. Shame on everybody involved in that. You know, and, and listen, 
I like McGregor. I like that cowboy guy. I, I thought that, you know, both guys were respectful towards each other, and I thought that it could have been somewhat of a decent fight. I mean, I figured. But as soon as my neighbor Jeff goes, yeah, you know, he took this fight because I know he's going to win, I just clicked, and I go, yeah. And then all of a sudden, he kicked him in the head like 30 seconds in and just jumped on his head, and I'm like, oh, my God, I was we were duped. We were fucking duped, and that's all there is to say about it. But it's still better than boxing. Because at least in boxing, or I mean, at least in the UFC, the guys are fighting. In boxing, you got to wait like, you know, seven years for the two guys who are fighting to fight each other in boxing, which is bullshit. Um, so that's my unacceptable. Guys, uh, I'll tell you what I survived this week. I survived a seven-kid sleepover. <laughs> we had... We had, my daughter had two of her friends. My son had uh, two or three of their, no, my daughter had three of her little friends here. My son had two of his friends. So there were like three 10 and 11 year olds and four seven and eight year old little girls uh, running around. We had sleeping bags all on our downstairs. Uh, floor. They're watching movies. My son and his friends stayed up till 3 a.m. My daughter and her friends stayed up till like, I guess, 12. And um, I got to be honest, you hear that that's going to happen and you're thinking shit show, right? Every parent listening to this knows you're thinking shit show. <clears throat> Somebody's going to cry. Somebody's going to hurt somebody's feelings. Somebody's going to be afraid. There's always the kid that's afraid to sleep over. You remember your first sleepover where you're like away and all of a sudden it gets to like 8, 30, 9 o'clock and you're like, can you call my mom? I don't feel good. And you just want your own. You're just scared. Um, did not happen. No crying, no feelings hurt, nobody yelling, nobody wanting to leave. It was just an absolute. And my wife who shout out to my wife who does everything top notch. She made the kids like these goody candy bags to watch a movie. So they just had like Sour Patch this and Sour Patch that and Twizzlers and all kinds of shit that's going to rot the kids' teeth and keep them up and wired. No wonder why they were up till 3 o'clock in the morning, but uh, it was just great. You know, and, and we had a good time. We had a good time watching. It really is fun watching kids have those memories and have fun. You remember when you had like a sleepover with your friends, everybody got a sleeping bag, and it was just like this cool... You know, it was just like this cool night. So uh, we survived it. We definitely, um, you know, I, I went into this going, we're having how many? And my wife is like, yeah, she's going to have like three. He's going to have two. And we're going to kind of combine it and do a big sleepover. And I just stared at her for a second and I go, all right. Um, okay. So, you know, it's like you <clears throat> order pies. You just, you know, and you just hope for the best. And listen, the best happened. All right, let's get into this. Um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get into a little bit of sports here. I'm going to talk about this Aaron Hernandez documentary, which I saw. And then I'm going to get into the movie that I saw. <clears throat> uh, AFC, NFC Championship Games, Chiefs and Niners. That's kind of what I predicted. I did think that the Titans could scare the Chiefs. They really didn't. They went up 10 nothing, and then the Chiefs just were like, yeah, we were... Down 24 nothing last week and still won. Uh, I'm not going to make my pick on this week's. I'll make my pick on next week's. Um, 
I'm leaning towards the uh, 49ers because of the running game and the defense. And um, I would like to see Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes win, but I just don't know with the defense and running game. But before I make my final decision, I had to look at the spread. I'm going to read some things, and I'm going to make my final decision, and I will make my prediction uh, on next week's show. I usually try to have one team in the Super Bowl that I picked before week one. This year I picked the Patriots and the Packers. Packers got close by one game, but I have nobody in there. Uh, I did not see this coming, and uh, we will talk about that after. But, you know, NFL Super Bowl coming up soon, and that's always a, a good time. The Aaron Hernandez documentary. Um, what I didn't like about it was that it was kind of everything that was already reported. So now for people that didn't watch ESPN and didn't watch this unfold in like real time, uh, they probably loved the documentary and did not know what was going on. But all of these things we pretty much knew. We knew about the the crimes. We knew about the the car chase, the drive-by. We knew about the, you know, the Odin Lloyd. We knew about that rest of soul. We knew about all of that stuff. And then I think like the sexuality thing came out uh, with the jail thing and anything like that. But uh, what I wanted to talk about on the show was the CTE thing that they did. So what they did was they, um, the family agrees a lot of times when these NFL players who have had concussions die young, like Junior Seau, um, rest his soul, took his own life. And, you know, he took his own life by shooting himself, I believe, in the chest and wanted his brain to be, to be looked at, you know, to, to help with the, you know, future of these uh, head injuries and all that stuff and what they could do. And, um, it basically shows that with the CTE disease and the way that the brain deteriorates from after all of these concussions, that the brain of a 20-something-year-old man looks like the brain, you know, of that of a, of a 75, 80-year-old man. It's just beaten up and screwed up, and then these guys act impulsively. There's a lot of, you know, there definitely is some violence, and there is, um, you know, depression and all kinds of shit like that. But that being said, not all the people with CTE do these things and murder, okay? There was also an incident with Aaron Hernandez when he was in college, I believe. I believe when he was in Florida, before his NFL career or whatever, there was an incident that got kind of swept under the rug. Um, so as much as I think that, it, you know, some of these, when you find out there's domestic d disputes and violence and all of a sudden the guys could act impulsive and crazy is one thing. But does it contribute to be, to, to killing people? And being able to kill somebody with, like, no conscience and then go to practice? I don't think so. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that. I think that there are... I believe that there are sociopaths and psychopaths um, who were fucked up. And then things can contribute. But I think that that's... I really believe that you are the person... I really believe that you are the person you're going to be when you get to your... When you get to your 20s, listen, I made some mistakes younger. I did some stupid things younger that I'm so glad that I, I didn't get in trouble for or that I, I learned and I look back and I go, wow, that that was stupid. But I never had some, and listen, I know that this is a case by case thing, but like I never had that like where I could, like I could steal a pack of gummy bears from a supermarket, okay? But I would never like, 
beat the shit out of somebody in a back alley and laugh at it and then go eat a lunch. Like that, I think there's two different types of people. Do you know what I mean? I would do stupid shit. I would steal candy. I would fuck, you know what I mean? Like I would sneak out of the house and go out late. I would try alcohol, maybe a little too young. Shit like that. Shit that, like normal stupid shit that kids do. I just don't think that with the CTEs and stuff like that, what I think is I think you have somebody that has true, true mental psychotic issues and then I think brain trauma can maybe take it to another level. So did it contribute a little bit? Maybe. But I don't buy, oh, these concussions turn somebody into a, a, a double homicidal. I don't think so. That's just my, you know, that's just my thing. I know people can say, well, what about OJ? If OJ did it, you know, I'm sure he had things like that. You know, I don't know. What about the hundreds of CTE cases in the NFL where guys aren't doing that? What about the guys that just go get lost going to the supermarket? What about the guys that just get depressed? Look at Junior Seau. He was in the league fucking longer than so many people. And he was just depressed and felt real bad. And he, you know what I mean? And he, he didn't go out and do that. So that's my thing. Um, I also think that maybe the sexuality thing, not feeling like you could be who you are, um, contributed to. But the whole thing is just sad because the guy had anything that you could want. Um, he had an unbelievable you know, career. He was going to Super Bowls. He was young. He was super talented. He, you know what I mean? The whole thing, a, a wife and a daughter, and obviously some stuff there. I would say it's a three-part documentary that's good, but not blown away good. Not like that. I don't think it was something that was nuts. You know, uh, it just made you think like, shit, man, this guy had problems. And uh, it's horrible. It's just a horrible thing that happened. And it's, you know, you didn't see it. You didn't see it really coming and stuff like that with what happened to him. But um, speaking of having problems, uh, moving on to the movies, I saw The Joker. And I'm not going to lie to you, okay? If you ever thought you had problems, watch The Joker. This movie was, I went into it, as I said, I didn't want to see it. There was just something to me stupid about, you know, him in the makeup, dancing down the staircase in the preview. And I'm going, do I want to really go down this road? I'm not a big, like, superhero movie guy. And I know that it's not a superhero. I know it's more of a dark origin story. But I just was like, <clears throat> I'm not going to do it. Unless it's on on TV or I have nothing else to do. And then I talked to some people. And they're like, Paul, I think you should definitely watch it, this and that. And um, I was home the other night. And I put it on, and it blew me away. I'm not going to lie. Joaquin Phoenix's performance in this movie is one of the best performances you're ever going to see. Um, and one thing that it did, and I think I liked it because of this, is because his depression in it. And make no mistake, this movie is clearly about mental health issues and uh, how people are treated in society. This is definitely like a statement movie, too, as opposed to just the origin story of the Joker, but what was brilliant is they combined those two and the fucking thing came together like, wow. Even all the way down to how him and Bruce Wayne would become enemies, uh, but in this very weird, dark way that was almost secondary to this character and the origin of this character, if that makes sense. It was fantastic. Um, but there is a scene in the Joker, if you saw it, where, and this is not a spoiler or anything, but when you when you see it and his head is to the side on the uh, bus, 
His just head is to the side, leaning on the window of the bus, and he's kind of looking down. What really hit me was during my depression in 2016, that's how I felt. And I think that's what made resonated with me with the movie, is when his head was on the side and he's just looking down, the acting was so good that that's, that's how I felt. And it really brought me back there. Not in a, didn't bring me back to my depression, but brought me back to, wow, I was in that spot. And this guy's just a look on this guy's face and the way his shoulders were and his eyes and the look of defeat while he's out in public. Just that made me go, dude, this kid could act like, I mean, really, really wild how unbelievable it was. And then, um, just the way he would laugh and shit, like if you saw the movie, but I thought that uh, I thought that it was great, and um, I thought that, you know, yeah, I could do it. Listen, I could always do without the dancing. Um, you know, I could do without the the dancing, but if that's what you know, if that's what he chose to do in certain moments. But, um, and this is what was so good about his performance and what he did in it in the movie. I feel like. When he did really awful, violent things to people that were ultimately innocent. Yeah, they could be an asshole. Yeah, they could treat somebody wrong. But he did some shit in really dark, crazy moments. And I enjoyed when he did it. That's how the character built for me. That like when this guy was at the lowest of lows and then all of a sudden he started to fight back for himself and did that. It made me compassionate for him, even though he did some of the most horrific dark shit. And that's when I was like, wow, man, this guy's character development is amazing. And I didn't see all the other movies that were nominated with the, act the actors that are nominated. But I could tell you this, if Joaquin Phoenix wins Best Actor, uh, an Oscar, I would absolutely agree with it because that's how good it was. And then the ending... The ending blew me away because I didn't expect that either. I watched this movie a few days ago and I'm still thinking about it. And uh, somebody was like, hey, you know, it's only a one-time watch. You could only watch it once. I don't know about that. I want to watch it again. Uh, maybe it's because he did make... I saw the acting, how he, he made me feel as far as my depression. Um, but boy, if you think you got your problems and you think you don't have your shit together... Watch this guy's character and watch what he goes through and watch the mental thing and you're just like, holy shit. You know. I don't know if you guys saw that clip of Delonte West, uh, ex-NBA player, sitting on a highway, skinny, homeless beard. He looks like a 65-year-old war vet homeless guy and he's probably in his 30s and he's no teeth. And you're just going, and like, I guess the NBA is going to reach out and try to help him. But like, oh my God, man. And, you know, yeah, it's, 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 I think lately, and it's a good thing. I think lately mental health coming up is really a, a great thing. Do you know what I mean? Because think about it in the seventies and eighties, you see somebody homeless or you see somebody talking to themselves and in your mind, you're like, wow, this guy's fucked up. And listen, we still see it. Okay, when I go down and perform at the Comedy Cellar in the Village, I see shit where I'm like, I don't know if that guy could ever be helped. 
You know, you just see some wild shit. You feel bad. But then you're like, oh, this person has no guidance and they're just a psychopath and they need to be in a, in a instead of sitting on a street in in the village of Manhattan, they need to be in a, in a psychiatric ward. But uh, check out The Joker. I think, I think it was fantastic and I think it's some of the best acting that I've ever seen. So there you go. And if you're down or in a depressed mood, don't see it because you might because you might fucking hurt somebody. Don't see it. Wait until you're in a good place and then go. All right, I'm just taking this for what it is. <laughs> but you know that that's one thing too that I wanted to talk about. Like these movies that are real, I don't care if the character happens to be somebody that's going to be either a super hill a superhero or a super uh, a superhero movie villain. Right? Like, if you notice that all of these amazing movies that win Academy Awards, think about this for a second, because I'm right. This is right, what I'm about to say. I know you, it's, a, it's never a good argument when you have to say that, but listen, just hear me out. Remember The Dark Knight? Remember Heath Ledger, Rest His Soul? Won an Academy Award for that performance. If you saw A Dark Knight, A Dark Knight did not feel like a superhero movie. A Dark Knight felt like a movie where the main characters happened to be heroes um, and, and villains. Like, that's that's what it is. This movie, Joker, felt like you're just watching a movie where the main character is Joaquin Phoenix who goes down this dark road because of stuff going on in society and his life and his mental health and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, that's how he becomes that. That's what made it great. It's just way better. I'm sorry, but the Avengers movies, guys, I know people are going to disagree. Uh, it's, they suck. Okay? I don't want to see Scarlett Johansson flying through a fucking building. You know, CGI. You know? Like, I don't... You know what I mean? Like, I don't like when... And I listen, I think they're great actors. I know Robert Downey Jr. is a great actor, but like, I don't need somebody to say something sarcastic and funny and then orbit into space while being fucking joking around. It's like, it's just for me, that doesn't do it anymore. Like, it, you know what I mean? Superman fucking stunk because it was him just flying through buildings and then showing up in his mother's farm. Like, it, it, it was the same movie. It's like, yeah, I get it. A bad guy's going to come. He's going to get hurt with kryptonite. You know, he's going to fly through buildings. He's going to come back. He's going to go to his mother. His mother's going to say how proud she is. You know what I mean? And then one of his parents are going to die because they're mortal. He's going to cry. Then he's going to get mad. He's going to fly through more fucking buildings. He's going to be a hero at the end and win. I mean, that's what it is. It's stupid shit. It is. It's stupid shit. As cool as the Hulk is, I don't need to see Mark Ruffalo turn into a green beast that starts punching cars in midair. That was fun once. I want to see this shit. Do an origin story, a good origin story of the Hulk. Do a good, like, a real story about, you know, well, Batman actually kind of did turn into that. It got better. Batman begin. I didn't like the one with Bane. I just didn't. But uh, I know some people argue with me with that, whatever. But I like the Batman Begins. Um, I think that one was Liam Neeson in that one. I think, and and uh, and obviously a Dark Knight and this stuff. But like, I just like it more real. And I know people go, like, "Oh, come on, Paul, that's fun." I saw the set. They showed clips of the set of the Avengers, and it was literally all of those A-list actors in their costumes just standing on fake rocks in front of a green screen. And it made me say, you know what? I think Scorsese, as much as I know that a lot of money and effort, and I know that there is good acting involved in that. I get that. So I'm not trying to, but I like more of a story. So I don't think, 
when Scorsese and those guys were like, oh, that's not real cinema. I don't think he meant, I think he, you know, I think he meant like, look guys, last night I watched Godfather 2. It was on AMC. And I literally just watched like 35 minutes of it. And it was right around the time where they tried to kill Michael in his house. And um, and then leading up to him finding out who did it and all that stuff. And uh, it was just, it was just amazing. I'm just going like, oh my God, this is great. For me, that's just, those are the type of movies that I want to see. I do have patience sometimes for the other ones, but, you know, I just can't see the CGI anymore. Yeah, I'm not trying to be rude, but I can't see Scarlett Johansson fly through the air, you know, and throw a knife, you know, 50 yards. And just, I just, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough sell for me. That's all I'm saying. It's a tough sell. You know, <clears throat> we've talked about the best villains in movies. Who are the best heroes? And I got to tell you, as much as we talked about No Country for Old Men character, Kaiser Soze, um, all of these amazing characters, uh, this Joker one, this Arthur Fleck, this this Joaquin Phoenix character. I mean, it's up there with the best villain characters of all time, in my opinion. Um, but who are some of the best hero characters? See, isn't it funny that it's harder to be a hero in a movie? Because it's almost easier, right? You walk in with a smile. You're the big swinging dick. You got a nice jacket on. You know, the James Bond is... I mean, I guess you could say James Bond would be up there with one of the greatest cinema heroes, right? But it's harder to be the bad guy, I think. I think acting-wise, I think it's safe to say. But if you guys know of any heroes, let me know. I would say definitely James Bond... I don't know if I could put a superhero in the hero movie because then we could just keep naming. I'm talking about like a hero or like a, a good guy character in a movie. You know, iconic. Is Bruce Willis in Die Hard one? I think you'd have to say so. I think Bruce Willis in Die Hard is one. I think James Bond would be one. Um, here's a good one. Here's a good one. It's a little underrated, and uh, it might not be as known, but how about this one? You ready? Denzel Washington's character in Man on Fire. That's a good one. And if you didn't see Man on Fire, watch that movie. But Denzel's character in that, you want to talk about hero and good guy? That's a good one. I know he does go a little vigilante, but that's a good one. Uh, I know that there's some Clint Eastwood movies that I can't think about, Charles Bronson, but I'm talking about my time, so it would be, I would say, probably like early 80s until now. If you guys think of any really good hero characters, let me know um, what what you guys think right into Unacceptables for TVE. Oh, actually, I know that I didn't get into the, the ones that you guys wrote in. Um, I'll get into those next week because we're already 40-something minutes in. And... Uh, I got to get out of here in a, in a bit, but um, yeah, so there's going to be some uh, really cool changes with the TVE podcast this year, and uh, we're starting already, going to be doing a once a month uh, live from the stand, and then I'm going to be doing a once a month live from Gotham Comedy Club, 
and um, we're going to have some amazing guests on and all that stuff. So tell your friends and tune in because uh, the podcast is just going to get bigger and better this year. But uh, think about that. Heroes in a movie. It's pretty hard, actually. It's, it's like so, isn't it funny how you could rattle off bad guys? But you can't. I don't know if you could do the bad. Oh, I saw Bad Boys, by the way. I saw Bad Boys uh, in the theater the other day. And um, I liked it. Different, but I really liked it. I thought it was really good. And I got to tell you, Martin Lawrence, man. Martin Lawrence's comedic acting skills. He had the theater just bursting out laughing. And he just plays it. If you saw Bad Boys 1 or 2 and you know like the way he's the comic relief and Will Smith is the more serious, suave one and he's kind of the more family man, joking one. But I mean, he plays that shit to a T and it's so, so ridiculously good. So good. So funny. He hits these funny lines and kind of serious moments that make the the serious part go like, what do you, why would you, it's just the best. Um, so I would definitely recommend it. Like I said, it's a little different than one and two. This one has a little more seriousness to it, but also, um, I really loved it. And I love the, you know, I love the scenes with, uh, in Miami and, and just like the way the action scenes and the driving scenes, it was, listen, if you go, you're going to get your money's worth. If you like bad boys, you're going to get your money's worth. But this one's got some heavy, like, oh, shit, did that just happen moments. I think that's the best way to describe it. But let me know your favorite heroes um, in a movie. All right, let's let's uh, let's do some plugs here, guys. Uh, I'm coming to your city, and I'm looking forward to it. And by the way, thank all you guys, because I've been getting more uh, this year, and especially lately, more of you guys have been writing to me via Instagram, via um, DMs on, on, on Facebook and everything, just about my shows that you come and see me me do in the cities and, and the podcast. And it really, I really, really appreciate it. I try to get back to everybody personally and just say thank you and all that stuff if you do come out to a show, if you do listen to the podcast. But it's greatly, greatly appreciated. And um, I, I can't thank you guys enough for it. Um, I have amazing shows and amazing things lined up, which I am super, super excited about. Uh, one being uh, Comedy on State, one of the best clubs in the country, in Madison, Wisconsin. I will be there, guys, very soon, as a matter of fact. I will be there February um, 6, 7, and 8, right? Yes. Comedy on State. February 6, 7, and 8. You could buy tickets at um, www.madisoncomedy.com. Comedy on State is the name of the club, and uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great show. I'm bringing the new hour, so definitely get your tickets to that. Okay, also March. March, I will be in West Nyack, New York on the... Was that the 6th? Yes, I will be at Levity Live in West Nyack, New York, March, um, Friday, uh, 6th, 7th, and 8th. For all these dates, you could go to the website. I will be at Magoobies in Baltimore on March 26th, 27th, and 28th. All of these tickets are available now. And of course, guys, do not forget the Wilbur Theater in Boston, Massachusetts. 
a thousand seat theater. I'm coming out there doing the new hour. I cannot wait. Go get your tickets. A promo code right now. It's actually uh, in one, in a half hour. You can go and use promo code uh, WT22, and you could get pre-sale tickets right away. We're gonna try to sell this thing out fast. Tickets are gonna go and uh, go get those as soon as possible. And please come out to the stand February 4th. I will be there with Dom Lombardozzi. He played Fat Tony Salerno in The Irishman. Um, amazing actor. I'm so excited that we got him on the show. I'm so excited that he's going to come and not only be on the show, but do it live. If there's questions, we're going to take questions. We're going to talk. It's going to be a lot of fun. So please check that out. Uh, this has been TVE 433. Uh, please write in the best movie heroes. We'll talk about that next time at the beginning of the show. And um, we will go from there. Also, any unacceptables you have, send to unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. I love you guys. You guys are the best. Hope to see you at a show. Check out paulverzi.com. Get me on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Paul Verzi, V I R Z I. Talk to you later.